0: Live from the heartland and the
1: crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today.
0: We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns
1: anywhere in canada oh justin oh canada i mean it's canada right nice people they 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 brought us maple syrup hockey robin sparkles and now it's just a totalitarian hellscape lock you down for covid go after truckers And now we won't allow a firearm to be sold. Why? Well, because of what happened in Evaldi, Texas. Nineteen kids were murdered. Two adults were murdered. Well, we have to just put an end to this. So the answer is not trust the, the constituency, not trust the citizen. Just take away their rights. If you haven't figured it out yet, Justin Trudeau is a commie. I don't care if you call him a socialist, I don't care if you call him a communist, I'm not trying to be flip or glib here. I'm engaged in the rational conversation based on his actions. And Canada is a totalitarian nation that has absolutely no belief in the rights of the citizenry whatsoever. A small cabal of pseudo-intellectual elitists, led by this beta male, are going to decide for millions of Canadians... You get what you vote for. Don't we know it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What is going on, everybody? Eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. By By the by, if if you're somebody who believes that we should do away with the Second Amendment, that uh, you should not be allowed, the citizens should not be allowed to have firearms, I want to hear your argument. I do. I do. Take a, Let us be the people who start this. Have this conversation. I want to make sure that you've got a sharp conversation. Because I I'm, I i am don't think I'm going to be the kindest, but I'm not going to be rude. I am going to be direct about this. But I want to hear it. You don't believe that the people should be allowed to keep and bear arms in the United States of America? 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. I mean, this is what Joe Biden is saying. I'm going to get to it. This is what the political left is saying. I'm going to get to it. This is exactly the kind of nonsense that Kamala Harris is uh, putting out there into the world, the vice president. An assault
0: weapon is, you know how an assault weapon was designed? It was designed for a specific purpose, to kill a lot of human beings quickly.
1: Do you think Kamala Harris has any idea what she's talking about? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think so. But let us go back to and focus for a second on Texas. Because while there's the normal yelling and screaming about the Second Amendment, and when I say normal, it's normal now. These people don't believe that you and I should have any rights whatsoever. They don't believe in our ability to keep and bear arms, and they don't believe that we are in any way capable of making decisions for ourselves. They don't believe it. They believe that their job is to tell us what is not isn't acceptable. The story of the police department in, in Uvalde, their failure, um, it's not enough just to admit it. The top cop in Texas admitting that the police there made the wrong decision when responding, and they waited to breach the classroom door where the gunman had barricaded himself inside with children, there was talk about how this gunman had, had. Uh, there, were, there were 19 cops in the hallway. They wouldn't go into the classroom. How do you not go into the classroom? Your whole job is to go into the classroom. That's your whole purpose. You have, you have no other job and you have no other purpose. There's no other reason for the officer in that moment than to go into the classroom and stop the shooting. None other. No, no there, there, there is no other possible thing for them to do. So why didn't they go in? And now I've got Texas's top cop, who is uh, Colonel Stephen McGraw, director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, saying with the benefit of hindsight, where I'm sitting now, of course it was not the right decision, it was the wrong decision, period. There was no excuse for that. Okay, now what? Because you lose your job. We're not talking about a heat of the moment. A cop was trying to figure out whether or not their life was on the line. We're talking about a guy shooting at children who had no way to fight back. And you standing in a hallway waiting for someone to give you the go ahead. That's the story. The story is that there were cops who wanted to go in. The tactical team, as Fox News reports, was prevented from entering. Prevented by whom? Prevented by these other cops who said you can't go in there? Well, I, I don't even know how that's possible. But I'll tell you that any cop who was part of the preventing and every higher up they had, the, the higher their direct supervisor, the chief of police, and whoever runs uh, uh, public safety there in the state of Texas... You all lose your jobs. You lose your pensions. The pensions go to the family members of of those that were killed. That's what happens. We're done. I have no interest. I'm not anti-police. But I have no interest in hearing from cops telling me, well, Tony, you don't understand. I'm willing to put forth and admit to, concede, that there are many things I don't understand. Here's what I do understand. Kids in a classroom... A guy with two guns, or did he have just the one gun and one other gun was in the car, and they had no way, nowhere to run and no way to defend themselves. I understand everything I need to understand. Once you understand that, what argument am I supposed to hear from any law enforcement across the country? Of course, it was the wrong decision, but that's not enough. It's not enough for you to say to me it's the wrong decision. You go get another job. I didn't say that there should be a scarlet letter. I'm not talking about inglorious bastards or inglorious bastards, and there should be some kind of carving into your forehead. I'm saying you're done being a cop, you're done wearing the badge, and you don't get the pension. That's the penalty for failing to do the one thing that you're there to do. You really think you're there to give out parking tickets? You think you think stopping the speeder is really is really the gig? Notice I'm not arguing against stopping the speeder. I'm saying do you really think that that's the gig? I have no quarter. I have no room in my soul. Mistakes get made. Yes, mistakes get made. If you were somebody who was giving a stand down order, and and I've heard people say, "Oh, the stand down order was given," I haven't seen where that was given. Meaning, was there something from on high? Yeah, there's a shooting. Uh, don't do anything. Like, was there was there an actual? Because if someone gave the specific order, "Do not go go in, do not enter," that person I throw in jail. Everybody else, I'm just. And, and by the way, I don't mind jail time. uh, uh, I'm not anti jail time. I'm saying for everybody else, no pensions, no jobs. Gone. Gone. Now, I just got a a tweet that says the cops are accomplices. There is no other logical answer. It's an interesting theory. Because does it matter if a stand down order came from one specific person if they were standing down anyway? Maybe some people got to go to jail. And maybe we gotta remember uh, that it doesn't take a village. In the world of it takes a village, in the world of these are all our children, it wasn't everybody who wanted to run into the school, it was the parents who wanted to run into the school and go get their kids. And anybody who wants to create a divide between the parent and the student doesn't understand the parents. And the parents should not only never accept that; they should fight back with everything in them. It takes a village. These are our kids. No, teachers, they're not your kids. They're our kids. Now you may have kids in in the schools, in which case they're they're your kids too, but they never belong to the teachers. They never belong to the administrators, and they sure as hell don't belong to the police. And they have never belonged to the village. Stop buying into the Hillary Clinton lies. These people don't know anything. These people who believe that that your kids are really their kids, and it takes a village, well, the village just let 19 of them get murdered. I mean, that is what happens. I'm not... I'm not overplaying it, am I? I'm not. I'm not somehow sensationalizing the the the, the facts of of a, of a situation. They let these kids get murdered. This is a horror show. Now, as for this tactical team that got prevented, I'm curious to understand why. And maybe speaking as a Parent, although I don't think you have to be a parent to to have uh, the, the, this level of emotion. Did anybody think about taking a look at the cop stopping them and saying no? And then when the cop said you can't go in there, maybe uh, maybe cracking one right upside the head and saying get out of my way. Did that conversation happen? In the early reporting, there were stories that parents who wanted to go into the school got tased. And I I haven't seen that since, so I don't know if that's true. But man, I hope it is. And as I have said to police departments from the first day we started reporting this, you better, better understand that you're never going to be able to stop a parent again. Parkland and now uh, Uvalde, Texas. You're never going to be able to stop a parent ever from entering the school. Second time police didn't enter a school, parents are going to run their cars right through the entrance and go get their kids. And this is why I absolutely believe that hardening the target is everything, including arming people in the schools. I understand that some people are going to disagree, and I think that there is a conversation here and one that should be had. The people who I will dismiss who want, who are the people who will say, how dare you think more guns are the answer? I think protection is the answer. I think security is the answer. What I have learned is that not going into the classroom is not the answer. What I have learned is that hiding behind a garbage can like in Parkland at Marjory Stillman Douglas High School is not the answer. And what I have learned is that gun-free zones are not the answer. I've learned this the hard way with dozens, scores of dead children and dead adults. So we have gun zones, not gun-free zones. We train people in how to utilize those firearms. We make sure that everybody knows this is the place that if you try and cause a problem with our kids, you're going home in a body bag. And you say to me, Tony, my gosh, the violence. I'm telling you, you got to at least let people know and give them fair warning. I am discussing the idea that we have to change the philosophy, and the philosophy has to be the kids come first. What is causing these shootings? That. That is a real subject, and getting to the heart of that and working on a way to prevent these things is everything we have to be as a society. While that's happening... I need to protect kids in schools today because the Second Amendment isn't going anywhere, and it's not going to stop bad guys with guns. By the way, how did this guy get the guns? I heard a rumor. I'm not. I'm not playing the music. I heard a rumor. I can't share. The second, the second, I can get some backup to that rumor. The second, I can verify it. I'm telling you, when I heard it, my head exploded. Because it's possible. I don't know if it's probable, but it's possible. How did this kid afford the AR-15s? Who is this kid? Why is it that we know so little about him to date? Although there are some stories. There are some stories going on about this kid. Threatened rapes and school shootings on an app called Yubo. That's one of the stories that he actually said to a teacher that he shot and killed, "Good night," which is some very movie esque. I I even I got to tell you, I thought about whether or not to share that story, but it's so out there. I don't even know if we should be reporting that stuff. And then his mother speaking in Spanish, telling a reporter, I know he had his reasons for doing what he did. He did? Because his reasons were trash. This is, this is like the, the, the maximum of what we have on this guy. Does that make any sense to anyone? Well, it doesn't make sense to me. This... Not having information doesn't make sense to me. And not working right now to have schools covered and protected doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make any sense at all. We have changes we have to make, and one of those changes, one of those changes is that we go in when a bad guy shows up, and if police don't want to do it, parents will. I'm Tony Katz. Michael Sussman, not guilty. I should say acquitted. He got acquitted from about uh, lying to the to the FBI because he lied to the FBI, lying to the FBI general counsel James Baker when he said he wasn't representing a client when he was trying to shop the whole Donald Trump Russia 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 thing. But as Jonathan Turley pointed out on Fox News, the problem for Durham is the jury and the judge. I mean, he is facing a jury that has three Clinton donors, an AOC donor and a woman whose daughter is on the same sports team with Sussman's daughter. I mean, the exception of randomly selecting people out of the DNC headquarters, you could not come up with a worse jury. Welcome to Washington, D.C. That's the jury. Jonathan Turley, uh, lawyer and constitutional uh, expert, uh, explained to Brett Baer. Man, every single time you want to think that the bad guy is going to be dealt with, you, you see this two Americas just punch you right in the face. Two Americas. They, I mean, there's no other way to say it and to see it. You'd be in jail. If you did what Michael Sussman did, you would be in jail. That's evil. But meanwhile, there's a lot of virtue signaling going on around firearms. And then there's Top Gun Maverick, which that wasn't virtue signaling. it's just making a good movie. And America responded. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Do we have a number, Ari, on how many flight cancellations there have been altogether? Because as of yesterday, it was 2,100. 2,100 different flight cancellations because, well, they they can say weather. I'm not going to say that there weren't weather issues. Up to 2,500 now. Is it up to 2,500? Although that was 18 hours ago. It's probably higher. That's what I'm saying. I haven't seen a... I'm trying to look for updates today, and I have not been able to find a single one. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. But yeah, it was weather, but it wasn't just weather. Travelers and the airlines are facing a huge test right now. Not only is this the first major travel rush since the end of the transportation mass mandate, but airlines are being forced to cancel flights because they do not have enough workers. FlightAware says airlines in the U.S. canceled hundreds more flights on Monday, more than 2,000 flights in total canceled in the U.S. since Friday, as so many people are coming back to traveling. The TSA screened 2.1 million people at airports across the country on Sunday. It anticipates when it's all said and done, screening more than 2.2 million people on Monday. These numbers about 90% of where we were back in 2019 before the pandemic. And the TSA says as summer travel ramps up, we could see those numbers actually exceed pre-pandemic levels. I'm not so sure, considering how expensive air travel has gotten, how, uh, where gas is uh, for that holiday travel, the, the issues with rental cars. I think what we're seeing is the cancellation side of things, as we've discussed. More people saying, yeah, I'm not going to fly. More people uh, saying, I'm I'm canceling my my vacation plans. And this was only 90%. This wasn't full capacity uh, of the pre-COVID days. Pre-pandemic days, I believe is how they describe it. They don't have the people. This, This isn't going to change. You don't have the people, you cannot get the thing done. I mean, that, the, those, those are the facts. That's where we are. They don't have the people. And the question is, when do they get them back? When do the people actually come back to work? All right, all right. No no more screwing around. I gotta, I, I got bills to pay. Let's go to work. I don't see where that's coming from. I really don't. I don't see how that where where that plays out. Do, do you? Does anybody else? Am I the only person seeing this? I don't think so. But it's it's just it's just another example of how things are not back to normal. Far from it. Not far away from the normal response is the level of wokeness in today's sports. Uh, I, th- th- there, there, The answer is there's clearly money in it. To be in pro sports is to be as woke as possible. I don't think that's true for everyone. I think that's true for far too many. And this starts with the San Francisco Giants. They play baseball, Uh, don't you know? Gabe Kapler, he is the manager of the team, and he has decided that he will no longer come onto the field for the national anthem because uh, 19 kids and two teachers were murdered in Uvalde, Texas. So you've got this disgusting gunman. We still don't have motive. Murders 19, and as we already discussed, the police did not do their job, and there are people who need to lose their jobs and lose uh, their pensions. They have to lose their pensions. They don't get paid. You don't go into where the shooter is, you don't get paid. That's kind of the deal. If I did talk radio but didn't talk, I only engaged in performative dance. First of all, fantastic video, terrible radio. I don't get paid. That's all there is to it. So he has decided that he's not going to take part in the national anthem until he feels, quote, better about the direction of our country. Um, man, you, you, you really think that your feelings matter? Why, w- what, what told him? that that his feelings mattered at all. if he had just stayed inside and I didn't know about it, I wouldn't know that he existed. It's like hearing James Gunn, the director of the Guardian of the Galaxy films, talk about Senator Ted Cruz. I'll get into that man, just I mean there are times I, it just it it makes me so angry, but because it, it does it's just hearing this this guy, oh look at what Ted Cruz, he's laughing at the murder of nineteen kids. No, he's not. Why would you even begin to say that? And the only answer is, well, it looks good to your Hollywood friends. The only reason for Gabe Kapler to engage in this is that it looks good for uh, these other super woke folk making millions a year and, I don't know, feeling guilty about it. Now, maybe this is just the way he feels. Maybe it comes from a true and honest place. And who am I to deny him his feelings? Why are you telling us? That's the question. Nobody has to hear about your damn feelings. No one. You can just go about your thing and say nothing. Is is that so wrong that you just go about your your business and and you do what works for you and that's it? No one would have noticed if you were inside or out, maybe some people in San Francisco would have, and you really think standing for the National Anthem makes you a coward? That's how you feel when you hear the National Anthem? That's weird. That is strange. As a matter of fact, I want to say that's sizzling hot garbage. And you immediately need a therapist. Now, we shouldn't think that everybody stood silent. You got Tony La Russa, who's the manager for, for the White Sox saying, uh, I think he's he's exactly right to be concerned with what's happening in our country. He's right there. Where I disagree is the flag and the anthem are not appropriate places to try to voice your objections. Let's again remind ourselves that Colin Kaepernick, he doesn't have to like what was going on with shootings that he saw. But taking a knee for the national anthem hasn't done anything. A dang, damn thing. Nothing is better because he took a knee. All he did was be clown himself. That's all he did. All he did was make himself look like a jerk. All he did was make it about him and not about an issue. Now, that's not true for the totality of the country, mind you. A lot of people thought he was brave and strong, and he's just being kept out of the NFL because of racism. Racism in the NFL. The NFL that he compared to the slave trade, where he's now doing workouts with the Las Vegas Raiders to try and make it on a team. Now, I had seen, Producer Ari, somebody had posted that they offered him a a two-year deal, but that's not true.
0: I surely would have heard about that. So no, right? that's not true.
1: The the latest from ESPN was that the workout went well but there was no deal imminent. Um I I would be to an extent very very surprised if if the Raiders picked him up. I don't know if I would be surprised if an NFL team picked him up. I just think the Raiders are full up. You've got Derek Carr, uh they they traded for is it Stidham from from the Patriots? Jared Stidham, yeah. Stidham. Thank you. I, I never knew how to pronounce the name. Um I'm all I'm saying is that I'm not I'm not going to be surprised. Michael Vick went back to the NFL. What, what what do I What what shock could I possibly possibly have? But understand, the nation is not better off because of what Colin Kaepernick did. It's not. I'm saying that objectively. Well, we're having the conversation now. Is is that what we're doing? Is that we're having a conversation? Or have there been uh, tribes that have been created, and this tribe believes this, and that tribe believes that. They talking a lot to each other, are they? They 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 engage in some great communication. Stop. What the uh, what the manager of the, of the Giants is doing, Gabe Kapler. It's just virtue signaling. It's just look at me, look at me, look at me. That's all it is. It's a little different than the story about the Detroit Tigers. And I must say for this story, you're not gonna hear me talk about the players at all. Because there are things that an organization does that is not reflective of how uh, the, the people who work in the organization feel. I work for a radio company. Everything they do and say is not necessarily representative of what I think. Just like everything I say on air isn't necessarily representative of what they think. Plenty of people who work in the building I broadcast from who disagree with me. And some, it's a lovely conversation. Some people, they're not so nice about it. I mean, live your life. What am I to say? So this is not about the players. So according to the National Review this is reported via through daily caller uh, from national review fans who purchase tickets to the detroit tigers pride night game right it's it's a it's a gay pride month in june and so there's gonna be a there's gonna be a lot of these kinds of 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 things so uh, people who purchase tickets will reportedly be given the option to support pride organizations that promote transgender identification and transgender surgeries. So, according to the reporting, several of the organizations that the Detroit Tigers will donate to are organizations that provide gender transition surgeries to children. One of them being the Ruth Ellis Center, which provides care and, quote, gender-affirming surgery to transgender youth. Uh, So we understand it's child abuse. I apologize to no one. You allow your kid to get surgery, to change their physical makeup, puberty blockers that absolutely change who they are. Meaning physically harms them. They'll never not be a boy and never not be a girl, but physically harms them. To children, it's child abuse. And I do not hold it against the players, uh, the the, the, the members of the Detroit Tiger organization, who aren't the decision makers. But Major League Baseball has a team that is endorsing child abuse. That's what they're doing. It's right here. If the owner of the team wanted to give that private individual – can do what that private individual does. I cannot certainly control that. And then I could decide whether I was going to do things that support the private individual. The Tigers are doing this. The leadership said yes to this. This is disgusting. Despicable. And just flat out evil. Now there's also this. This was a story actually got sent to me twice, right here. Uh, this woman, who spoke in front of the Ohio House Families and Aging Committee, regarding House Bill Number 454, the Enact uh, Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. So, safe save adolescents from experimentation. The Safe Act. And this would prohibit certain procedures to alter a minor child's sex and to designate this as the Save Adolescents from uh, Experimentation Act, uh, this in the uh, current General Assembly session there in, in Ohio. Right? I've got, I've got the legislation right in front of me. And it's this testimony from this girl who states that she was depressed she was confused and so she was told well you know the problem is you're actually a you're actually a a, a he
0: I'm here to support the SAFE Act because it would protect adolescents like I once was from having irreversible medical interventions before they have the chance to mature and understand themselves in a more complex way. It is a fact that the gender affirmative protocol for adolescents with gender dysphoria, which includes regimens of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries like double mastectomies, is irreversible and can lead to infertility, inability to experience sexual intimacy in the future, early onset osteoporosis, and other health conditions associated with hormonal imbalances such as mental health conditions, heart disease, and stroke. These are decisions with a very heavy weight, and I am here out of a grave concern for those teenage girls seeking these procedures because I know based on personal experience as a member of the trans community and the emerging testimonies of detransitioners like myself that there are unique needs going completely unaddressed in this cohort who tend to have histories of trauma and comorbid mental health issues that risk being greatly exacerbated by gender affirming medical treatments. Let me tell you a little bit about myself and how I began to believe that I was trans and why I now am so thankful and feel so blessed to have not had early medical interventions.
1: Now I'm going to post this over on the Facebook page and over on, on the Locals page as, as well, Tonycats.locals.com. Oh, man, uh, you, they do not like hearing from people who have said, I made a terrible mistake. They do not like hearing from people who are like, I was a child. I should never have done this. I shouldn't have been allowed to do this. But I'll post it. We'll talk more about it. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.